0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Nougat Bell Podcast, all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Bell podcast, and for this week's super special episode, uh, I am back here at London Calling, Chattanooga's first speakeasy, with owner James Healy and Mackenzie Smith, one of his fabulous bartenders. Uh, London Calling's been open since about end of December, I believe, and they are already killing it. (laughs) So, welcome back. Thank you very much. And officially welcome. Thank
1: you very much. Hello, everybody.
0: Awesome. James's accent, I'm sure, sounds very familiar. (laughs) All right, um, how has or how have the first three months in three months ish? Yeah, three months.
2: We're, yeah. yeah, we're rolling oh, into 10 weeks this mm-hmm. week. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible from my perspective. The amount of support that the community has shown us has been overwhelming. It's been busy, busy, busy. Oh, yeah, just about all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been crazy.
1: It's been amazing. I don't, I don't think, even though we had confidence in the concepts. And we're all really excited. I don't think we actually realized how crazy it would get. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing mm-hmm. to see. And we're still improving now, so that's a, that's a great thing.
0: I feel like every time I come across y'all's posts on Instagram, and y'all are really good with, like, posting Instagram stories and, like, showing everything that's going on, every time I, like, look at it, it's just packed. Yeah. And it's awesome.
1: Yeah, we've been doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of events, a lot of little tastings. Actually, Kinz has got one coming up this week.
0: Yeah, and y'all are adding new stuff every week too. Y'all just did uh, like a benefit night or something or a give back night.
1: Yep, or... we did a give back night for the Chambliss, that Shambliss Centre for mm-hmm. children. Um, yeah, we did that on Wednesday. That was a lot of fun. Good to give back. We're trying to be good guys over here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been. I think we'll probably do a couple more of them as well along the way. We've been approached by a couple more charities as well. And mm-hmm. that's, it's always nice to give back, especially when we've been so busy and mm-hmm. yeah. You know,
2: I know the local Humane Society was very impressed by that kind of event and they were also at the Prohibition Party and we hosted last October and that was just, it was really cool to see that, you know, so many people are so, getting so behind us and so mm-hmm. invested in what we're doing here.
1: Yeah, it's nice as well as, for me as, a, as an outsider coming in and I guess you know the feeling too but I think people were wary of me to, to begin with and now to see that people really want to be a part of this,
2: this bar is really nice, really mm-hmm. nice feeling.
0: I was fixing to say something, and I forgot what I was going to say. You were about to say something.
2: Uh, not <laughs> anything specific. I'm kind of, this is my first podcast, so I'm just kind of letting you take the direction. And yeah. Oh,
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Awesome. Pound it.
2: Yeah. You're already one it. How are you forgetting what you're saying?
0: <laughs> not even a full one.
2: Um, but the tasting we've got coming up this week um, is going to be the second installment of a monthly tasting series that we'll be hosting here at the bar. Mm-hmm. First Tuesday of every month. Um, last month, we were featuring Glenn Livett products. We had a master of scotch come in, and uh, it was his name was Rick Edwards. He's absolutely fantastic. He blew us away with his stories, and we had such a great turnout for a ticketed event that we decided, why are we ticketing it? Let's open it up to everybody and anybody who wants to come. Um, so this month, uh, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we'll be, we'll be featuring Irish whiskey products, nice. uh, Powers Gold Label, Powers Signature, Green Spot, and Redbreast 12-year. Um, everyone else is kind of doing Jameson, so we're trying to be a little bit different, <laughs> um, but also really trying to showcase the amazing different other labels of Irish whiskey that are mm-hmm. out there and available in our market. Redbreast Twelve sure. is good as well.
0: I have never actually had it.
2: We've got it. We can taste you on that. Nice. We can do that. Yeah. At the very least, you can come out for Tuesday. Heath Fields of Fernow Ricard is going to be hosting our tasting. I did see that. So what are we doing? In, what are we doing in April? Who have we got lined up for April? In April, we've got Knox Whiskey Works coming down. Cool. Nice. Um, so more or less trying to get back to the local local focus. Um, their head distiller and their principal bartender are both coming down to do something with us. Still haven't figured out exactly what we're going to do mm-hmm. with them, but they've got uh, a really tasty pink gin um, that I was thinking about featuring, and then I think they've also got uh, two whiskey labels, if not w- at least one whiskey label. Um, that we'll throw in there as well. But, you know, I'm kind of going to let them take the lead on that and tell us what yeah. they think we should taste. Um, they do a whole line of incredible products, anything from gin to whiskey to cordials to herbal liqueurs, um, and it's all produced in, Na- in Knoxville.
0: Sounds uh, like something I need to be checking out. <laughs> yeah,
2: we expect you it.
0: Oh, yes, I will put it on my calendar as soon as I see it. Um, how do you do pink gin?
2: So pink gin is uh, it kind of takes back to the times of the British Royal Navy okay. um, when they were having when they had very very extra strength gin and they were trying to make it last, um, but also make it more flavorful. So what they were doing was adding aromatic bitters to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it was going to be Angostura being the first type of bitters that was mass produced and available worldwide. Which when you add that kind of dark chicory almost violet color to it into a small amount into a large bottle of gin it turns out this beautiful pink color Oh, okay so most pink gins are basically aromatized gins do it yourself next time you make a gnc just add a dash
1: or a two two dash of anger and it'll go a weirdy pinky orangey hue
0: interesting yeah and
1: it makes it taste nice as well
0: i do have some gin at home that i could try that with and i i don't have angostura i have orange won't work no.
2: It won't make it pink, but you can add bitters to any any bitters to any gin and it will improve oh. the flavor for sure. Oh <laughs> good. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna have I need I do need to get some Ango bitters, so I'll have to try that when I get them. Speaking of, I actually just had Kalina on the podcast oh, yeah. and she sends her love by the way. Excellent. But she was talking about the like color changing cocktails yeah. and bitters and all that stuff so that made me think of her so hi
1: Kalina yeah we, Kalina came in for the first time on Friday night so we, we spent a bit of time together then and you've been playing a lot as well with color changing cocktails haven't you in preparation I'm working for the on it menu.
2: summer menu is going to be exciting I want to add a lot of uh guest interaction nice. to the cocktail drinking experience and that's we uh initially started off with you know wanting to have a very strong garnish game as they call it in the biz and uh <laughs> And uh, we are kind of taking a step away from that with this menu because we really want to focus on the cocktails. Um, But next menu, we'll have a little bit more time to play with it to be able to bring that guest interaction into each individual cocktail.
1: Awesome. Um,
2: So I've got one that, uh, just a little sneak peek, I have decided to name uh, after My Fair Lady and Julie Andrews. (laughs) It's gonna be a beautiful color changing. <laughs> beautiful. Delightful on the rocks. Very refreshing. It's not even finishing. It is very tasty. No, it's done.
1: done <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And we got, we got in the uh, I can't remember her name the other day. but She brought us Empress Gin, which is about to be released in the market. It's a purple purple gin. Oh, okay. Uh, infu- it's pre infused with uh, butterfly PT. Mm-hmm. And that is something super easy that can change color. You just add some citrus, and it starts to just slowly change. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I don't. I've know seen p-
0: that done with lemonade and the butterfly pea yeah. tier, flower, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's cool because you can layer it. You see as it goes down, the, mm-hmm. the color
2: changing. That's cool.
0: Yes, I'm excited to try that cocktail solely based off the name because Julian. Exactly. is <laughs> <chooses> my hero.
2: <laughs> and honestly, that was the inspiration behind the whole cocktail overall. Nice. So.
0: Oh, I love Julian. Um, Perfect segue. Your spring menu is coming out, or will be out by the time this episode is released. Right. So, James, you mentioned in the first episode we did together that y'all are doing, like, seasonal menus. You'll change it to try to highlight the seasonal flavors, all the fresh local ingredients and everything. So, I'm excited to hear more about the spring menu.
1: Yeah. So, so the first menu, of course, every drink on that menu had some relation to Britain, Mm -hmm. as as we talked about. And that was... Whether it's the bartender who come up with a recipe, whether it was a story like the Navy Grog or any any other kind of anecdote. And then this one, because we're not corporate, it gives us the ability to be really dynamic. So we just had this menu for just under three months and we're gonna change it. And we're gonna probably do that all the time. Three months, three months and, and go from winter menu to spring, summer. Um, so the spring one is gonna be inspired by forest, flora and fauna. Okay. So we're taking almost plant-based, very fruity, and very spring, and taking those flavors, those, those uh, spring flavors, and put them into cocktails. But
2: you can probably speak more to, to what we're doing. <laughs> um, well, we are, after we finish this, we're literally about to do a photo shoot with the spring menu. So I've been kind of going over everything, getting a bar set, and making sure that I've got everything I needed. We're taking basically our, our style for the Clover Club, which has been one of our most popular cocktails, we're kind of altering it a little bit to add some more spring vibrancy to it. Um, we've got a beetroot and lemon infused vodka uh, that's produced at the Buffalo Trace Distillery um, that we're going to mix with a little grapefruit juice and an egg white and um, a little bit of simple syrup. Kind of shake that all up and it's going to be this beautiful, beautiful, vibrant fuchsia color almost. Mm-hmm. A nice strong topper on it. Um, and then Again, kind of going back to trying to improve our garnishes and make that one of the things that sets us apart from some of the other bars in town. We are working on and we are going to finalize today a edible um, rice paper print for it. Don't ah. give all the secrets away, mate. I mean, this, the menu is going to be released by the time this comes yeah. out. Um, but that's one of the cocktails that we're probably going to be very excited about and very proud to release. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a... Uh, a carrot uh, and tequila and mezcal drink we've got a yes carrot
0: so I'm noticing that veggies are becoming more of a thing in cocktails lately and that's just never a thing that I personally thought of but I'm intrigued
1: it's going to be great yeah we're playing a lot with infusions like Kinsey just said there but yeah a very vegetal uh, menu and -hmm. I think like you just said there's been a huge movement in the last few years especially with vegan vegetarian culture and putting vegetables in other things such as cocktails and we just thought it was super cool to do super different something that prob- potentially probably chattanoogans hadn't seen before and why not play with it because it can give some excellent flavor mm-hmm. so that beetroot infused uh, vodka that kinsey's worked with is magnificent mm-hmm. and the color so so cool
0: is it like a uh, pink
1: pretty much dark purple
0: oh wow yeah
1: Pretty much dark purple, and it takes that flavor of the beet, but mixed with the lemon and the grapefruit, you're not going to, it's not like biting into a fresh beet or like <laughs> a pickled beet, it's, it has that flavor and that earthiness, but it's, it's balanced out so well with that citrus and that, that sugar too. Yeah, we've been playing around with a lot of things, and we, it's just something that took us, being on Cherry Street as well, we thought cherry blossom, spring, why not go with this whole kind of plant-based forest mm-hmm. flora and fauna, and uh, yeah, mess around with some flavors that hadn't been seen before.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Talk to me about egg whites in cocktails. So that is the thing that, like, I just, I don't get it. Like, what's the point? Or, like, why do you put an egg white in a cocktail? And is it safe to eat?
2: Yes, it is safe to eat. Um, Start there. The uh, alcohol content in most of the liquors that you find in egg white cocktails tends to be a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. um, But it basically kills any bacteria that could could negatively uh, affect you. But really the best thing about egg white egg white drinks is they've been around for a very long time and have only started to resurface in the last five years in the cocktail scene in this part of the country, as well as all around the world. But it adds this amazing velvety texture to a cocktail that really helps kind of break up the monotony of like a booze forward martini or an acid forward Collins or spritz. Um, and it really just, it completely changes the profile of certain drinks with that texture itself you cool. call it mouthfeel
1: mm-hmm. so as you drink something like you just said a silky smooth martini that's what you want to go for with a martini that's why it's that's why it's stirred and you really want that silky texture but with this it gives that that foam is a different mouthfeel mm-hmm. but on the safety as well you'll notice that all the cocktails we shake here we shake once if you're going to do an egg white cocktail you're going to shake it twice mm-hmm. and it, it, it emulsifies that egg so you're not gonna, it's not going to be like bodybuilders chugging raw eggs just straight down the hatch. <laughs> it is emulsified, so in a way it is prepared,
2: but not obviously boiled, mm-hmm. poached, or fried, right. but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Very much in the same way that you'd make a hollandaise sauce. Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so you mentioned a couple of the uh, cocktails that are going to be on the spring menu. Are there any others that we haven't touched on yet?
2: Um, we're going to continue working with Mad Priest mm-hmm. and with a, um, a small distilling company out of Mississippi that supports live music, the Cathead Distillery. Yes. They make a uh, chicory Amaro liqueur. Interesting. Um, we're going to mix that with some Mad Priest coffee and a little bit of uh, rye whiskey and uh, make a really nice, kind of coffee forward, a little bit bitter, but Nice and balanced at the same time. Just a nice coffee drink for a great afternoon, mm-hmm. or if you're feeling a little bit tired at the end of the night, you know, something to pick you up a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Very New Orleansy.
1: Oh yeah, it's yes. de- yeah, it's delicious, and it's got a name to match the New Orleans. Oh, man. yeah, it's delicious. I really like that one.
0: I, I discovered chicory coffee when I went to New Orleans a couple years ago, and it just—it's so good.
2: <laughs> really, so the flavors are so deep. Mm-hmm. Deep, complex, so good. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else off the new menu that really highlights what we're trying to do here? I think, I don't want to give too much away, but we've got, yeah, we've got,
1: when we first talked and you and I talked, we were talking about how would London Calling be different, and it's kind of grown into a different thing, or it's kind of grown in its own, and we're looking at it and what, what are we. London Calling, I think our cocktails are simple but elevated, you know, they are they are cocktails that you can't, couldn't really make at home, but that, that garnish is going to elevate them to something else. So we're playing a lot with different garnishes. So watch out some maybe vegetable garnishes
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that you can just crunch down and be really super fresh.
0: I'm thinking like really leafy carrots right? and celery. Something like that. Something yeah. like that.
1: And uh, yeah, we've got a couple. We've got one cocktail with a pea and mint puree. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Tea and mint.
1: Tea and mint puree. So like almost, we almost make it like a soup, the puree, and then we're going to mix it, mix it with a, with a liquor spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's,
1: that's one of my favorites, I think, on the new menu.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking this like earthy, vegetal vibe. Mm. I'm liking this a lot.
1: Again, it's, again, it's not, it's not just pure vegetable taste either. It's, you, we're going to cut it with citrus and sugar and the spirits and all other modifiers as well. So you get that, taste of it but it's not like i said biting into vegetable mm-hmm. i'm really proud of this menu and uh it's good to be able to do this so early on and change it up so early on and just try some new things and if mm-hmm. it doesn't work which i don't think it will which i'm sorry the other way around <laughs> which i think it will
2: right
1: uh it's okay but i think it will go really well here i think chattanooga's will take to it especially with the freshness of it people want healthy and it's kind of like you're cheating bit when you're drinking. You're not having like a big old IPA that's really heavy. It's mm-hmm. a light cocktail which has some vegetables in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of you five a day, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Speaking of beer, um, I remember the first time we talked, you were talking about mm-hmm. getting some English beers imported yeah, so you could sell here and you just started getting in London Pride. We did. Which is the big one you were talking
1: about. We did, yeah. I'm happy with that one. Took us a little while there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we ju- we just got that. So that Full- so Fuller's have been brewing at London Pride since 1958, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great beer, proper ESB. We got it in what two weeks ago now, yeah, just about. I think maybe yeah, but it's time flies. Yeah, we, have <laughs> um, we got that two weeks ago, and then we're gonna supplement that with two. American beers that we'll just trade out on a monthly or even mm-hmm. weekly basis, whatever is selling well, we'll just we'll put that on. So right now we're using uh, Highland Ale out of um,
2: Ashford. Okay. Yeah, but the London Pride. We've, we've that's gone really well so far. We've sold over a dozen cases. Oh, and wow. I think it has been two. Weeks. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been going well. We,
1: people have been really reacting to it, and mm-hmm. yeah, they've really. And I think people have even been coming in, especially
2: for that beer, which mm-hmm. is a nice, which is a nice thing. Yeah. And then we've been able to really feature, uh, I guess a British thing that I was introduced to. We Americans always think of Boilermakers, a beer and a shot. Um, but I guess we've been calling it here a little headbutt. A no little headbutt. <laughs> um, so we're, we're featuring $4 shot add-ons with our beer selection. Nice. Um, so you can get a Fuller's uh, London Pride and a shot of Chattanooga whiskey for under 10 bucks. Ooh. As one of the options. I like that. That's actually a Dutch thing. So it comes
1: from a thing called a kopstogtje, which is basically typically a Heineken. And then they get a shot of Jennifer, which is, let's call it base level gin. Mm -hmm. And they actually do the shot with no hands. They do the shot, no hands, and then sip the beer afterwards.
0: How do you do a shot with no hands?
2: Imagine it. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, there we go, there we go. I
0: could imagine that gets interesting once you've already had a few. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not
1: something that I want to see going on here too much. But, uh, yeah, it's a cool thing they do in in, uh, Holland. And then we've kind of played off in Glasgow. The city of Glasgow is known as being, let's say, a little bit boisterous. Not rough, (laughs) boisterous. And uh, they call um, a headbutt a Glasgow kiss. as a sign of endearment and affection between friends. Interesting. So I took the Kopstotje thing, which directly translates in Dutch to a little headbutt and then kind of played in it.
0: Yeah. I like it, yeah. I love that. Um, so with your menu rotating so frequently, um, how far ahead are you thinking? Like to me, it feels like you'd release the spring menu and already be thinking, I mean, you're already thinking about summer. So how do you like compartmentalize that or do you compartmentalize it?
2: I think we're always just coming up with ideas. I think yeah. we're, we're trying to do our best to take inspiration wherever we can. Yeah. And we'll place whatever inspiration we find into whatever category we deem necessary. Um, so like this uh, Juliando's My Fair Lady cocktail, I had actually originally come up with almost probably a month ago at this point, and um, had just been working on it while I was working on the spring, spring cocktail menu, but realized that what we were trying to do with the spring cocktail menu, it was not going to be a good fit. And so we just kind of tabled it, and we'll bring it on mm-hmm. in the summertime. But at the same time, you know, we've been playing with recipes that we really liked. We thought that, you know, maybe this is going to be more appropriate for fall. Um, kind of the availability of fresh produce and fresh, uh, fresh fruits revolves more around what we're trying to do with that drink in the fall time, uh, when the produce it grows in more fuller, uh, when it's just... A, a, got a more natural and more delightful flavor mm-hmm. because we're not trying to get it out of season
0: gotcha.
1: we're just having fun i mean i think we're all constantly thinking about what like what's next or can we, that's the fun part of the job right we're dreaming up these recipes or how can we take something we've seen in a, a plate of food at another restaurant and make that into a cocktail that's the fun part you know not not throwing the drunk guys out that's the not, <laughs> that's the not fun part but the fun part is coming up with the recipes and then looking ahead and like, like Kenzie said, there's some that don't quite make the cut for the spring menu. We'll continue to work on to make it right. And then when we get that to that perfectional, perfection level, we can release that for summer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's the fun part. And with Wes and Kins, I'm really lucky to have mm-hmm. two, in my opinion, the best bartenders in the city. I was
0: about to say, <laughs> so, like, uh, you struck part pot of gold with both Yeah, of them. <laughs> And
1: we've got guys as well that are coming up behind these guys as well that are just incredible too so they're Mm -hmm. coming up with their own recipes so we're really fortunate to have the team we do that are just coming up with Mm -hmm. insane ideas and new menus should be exciting. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So when you're uh, creating these new menus do you think at all about like what's worked on the previous menu and keep that or keep in that same style or do you just want to say like screw it everything's new?
2: I think our attitude is kind of the second it's, one. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. We've seen what's worked with our current menu and what we've been producing over the last couple of weeks. But I think with this new menu, we just kind of wanted to go really off the wall. Yeah. Um, we you know, know what has been selling for our clientele and the people that have been coming to see us. We understand what works in other placements in town. And we're just trying to do something completely different at the moment. I think we definitely want to set, us, set ourselves apart because we are still a new business. But at the same time, we understand that, you know, you can go anywhere mm-hmm. and get a whiskey sour. You can go anywhere and get an old-fashioned. Yes, we will still be able to make those things, but we want to feature things that are new and exciting.
1: Yeah, I think what we've always said, how how we how is London calling different, right? It's a bar. There's how many bars in this city? Plenty. Let's mm-hmm. say in the tens, right? But how are we different? We want to stay on the cutting edge. So this this spring menu being a great example, no one else, as I understand, has done a, a vegetal or plant-based kind of menu. And we'll continue to do that. And it's funny, with the, with the first menu, we started selling off tons of, let's say, the Ground Control and London Mule. And it was kind of in cycles. Those kind of two died away, and then there's other ones that became popular in time. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: That Earl Grey fizz.
1: The Earl Grey fizz, you like that? Oh, yes. I like that <laughs> No, and we kind of came get sort in cycles. So we'll probably see it again that people will take to a certain cocktail initially, try another one, realize they really like that, start ordering that one. And that's a nice thing to have as well. Mm-hmm. Really nice thing to have. But yeah, we really want to be on the cutting edge. So we're always looking at trying to be different and hopefully
2: the guests like it, mm-hmm. you know? I think we hit a good mid-ground with this menu, though, and coming up with a lot of cool experimental cocktails that are definitely very new and very different to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also taken on some of the cocktails a lot of inspiration from some classics that have worked. Um, we're doing a Japanese whiskey cocktail, for example, which is definitely new. You, I, don't, I don't think I personally have seen Japanese whiskey cocktail that's done well in the city, mm-hmm. and we're kind of taking a uh, like a bee's knees riff on it you know, which is a very classic cocktail that's originally made with gin, and kind of that was the inspiration. Let's do something light and slightly herbal. And Side note on that one, that one's bloody delicious. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing, that one. That's, yeah,
1: that's one of the ones we nailed down first as a recipe because I was like, yeah, that's good. We don't mm-hmm. need to change that. That's
2: brilliant. Let's keep that. That is a really good cocktail. Mm-hmm. But oh. we're definitely trying to meet in the middle as far as approachability and experimental goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to try all of these. <laughs> yeah. um, so official launch date, you said March 5th? March 12th. March 12th.
1: March 12th. We delayed it a week, so it's in line with Daylight Savings, oh, which kicks okay. in on a 10th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And being with the weather so rainy, we thought we'd keep the winter menu on for another week, mm-hmm. and release the spring in line with Daylight Savings, so March 12th, which is a Tuesday.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Daylight. I hate daylight savings
1: time. <laughs> it well, messes you up.
0: Well, I love it and I hate it in the spring because you lose an hour because you spring forward. Right. But I get an extra hour of daylight at the end of the day. So <laughs> I don't hate it that much.
1: It works itself out, doesn't it? It just takes like a week of mm-hmm. just adapting and then you're like, all right, I'm,
2: I'm in it. Yeah. I'm and then, then I now. have to We're remember
0: good. to change all my timers on my lamps in my apartment. <laughs>
2: Time. Of course, in here you never really know that it's it's still light at yeah. seven, eight o'clock at night.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I was re-listening to our episode yesterday, and I remember like when we recorded in here, the space was so different. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, I can't believe it. Just looks Isn't I, it crazy. I, I was love, thinking, I love the design, the decor, the exposed brick, thank the you, artwork, yeah. thank you, the bar, and the. Shelves are just like beautiful. There's this awesome portrait of the queen with a bubble gum. And-
1: Thank you. No, I was thinking about that this morning when we first sat just over there. Mm-hmm. And it was just a shell, basically. Yeah. And you must have been thinking, who's this, who's this <laughs> guy telling me about this bar? But yeah, it was a, it was a good journey. And we're, we're here now. I'm glad to be where we are. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we've been making improvements around the place, even from when we've opened. And we'll continue to make improvements. The next thing is making the alleyway behind us here. We really want to work in there for summer and mm-hmm. have like a big European-style patio. So if people want to have a drink inside, we've got you. If you want to have a drink outside, we've mm-hmm. also got somewhere for you to sit and have a London Pride or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. That would be
1: Oh, fantastic. yeah. So we've got some events coming up in there, which for me, myself and Michael from the Mad Priest, uh, we're working together. Ali Hour is going to be launched in April. It's going to be the last Thursday of every month. Alley hour? Alley hour. So we, me and him are working together out there. So you can come to Mad Priest, have a cocktail. Come to London Calling, have a cocktail. You'll be out in the patio. We'll have live music out there. It's going to be a good time. I love that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good time. so
0: much. Um, is there anything else about the menu we haven't covered yet that y'all wanted to touch um, on?
2: We have an incredible menu designer. Oh yes, that I definitely want to highlight and feature. She's actually a very, very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Who's I've been friends with for a very long time. Alicia Vera Buckles mm-hmm. um, is designing the front cover and, cover. The, whole and cover. The, the whole cover of the uh, of the new menu. Um, awesome. So that's kind of something that we want to play on as well um, with the changing of seasons, but also kind of the evolution of our bar and how we're getting to grow and work. Um, we're going to have different menu covers for every new menu that's being produced. I love that. Um, So she has kind of taken our inspiration of forest, flora, and fauna and designed this very beautiful, very colorful menu back that I'm personally very excited Mm -hmm. to have as the shell to showcase our menu. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely going to bring people in and you know maybe people start following us so well that they'll want to start collecting menus.
1: Yeah, no, I I love. The, I love
0: that idea. You
1: can't oh, honestly. I can't wait for you guys to see this this mm-hmm. menu cover. It's insane. Yeah. I've
0: seen a lot of her work around town. She's super talented. Yeah. So, she is. I'm excited to see the final product.
1: Shout out to Alicia.
0: That's awesome. Great person. Yes. Jar time.
2: Jar time. <laughs> yes. All right. So tell me more about this jar. <laughs> okay. Going on with us?
0: So if you've been listening to the Newgabel podcast, you know what the jar is. But for new listeners and new guests, um, this is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper with. Fun Little questions, conversation topics, just like just fun little things to talk about. I'm
2: excited and nervous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's usually that's good, the reaction. That's good. <laughs> All right, and they are not color coded, these are new questions since yes, last time. Yes, they are. Ooh. All, right. All right, so my first one okay, I had this one on my last one, but I'll say it again. Um, blank is the best medicine, what? so instead of like laughter, is the best medicine. Booze.
1: <laughs> Mimo. Any Any sort Ooh.
0: Mimosas Honestly
2: dogs are the best
1: medicine <laughs> Dogs are, yeah, yeah. So I sweet that. <laughs> that too Yeah Cats I've got two cats
0: Cats for me They
1: go, Those guys make me feel better
0: Yes um, Tea Oof. Good company Yeah Yes Alright, Kinsey Go for it Alright And we all get to answer it
2: I'm gonna pick this pink one Because I like pink Okay When I have visitors in town, the first place I take them is, well, I was going to say, now now that I get to help operate this amazing bar, uh, it's going to be this bar. Um, But I also love taking people to the Chattanooga Whiskey Experimental Distillery. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really nice uh, kind of historical, informational, but also they do a tasting flight at the end and all of those people over there are always so kind Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I love taking people Kinsey's wearing a
1: chat whiskey hat for reference (laughs) right now I don't know if he's sponsored or paid by them but yeah
2: I'm not but you know they could (laughs) I I take all my guests to Champies
1: I love those guys oh my goodness I think that's a brilliant place it's full of character I love the dollars all over the walls and Mm -hmm. for my guests coming from England that's a place I'm like this is the south Fried chicken. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and look at these big old beers we've got. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love Champy's.
2: Uh,
0: so um, the last time we recorded, I told you about my friend from England who came over a few years ago. I took him to Champies
1: Yeah.
0: When they brought him his plate, he got like the fried chicken, the like beans and whatever else. I have this photo of him with just this massive plate of chicken in front of him. And he just goes, he has this,
2: like, <laughs> this look on his
0: face like, how am I going to even do this? Yeah.
2: I always take
1: home leftovers from jambies. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. I, I finished a whole meal once and I really felt bad after it. I <laughs> felt good while, while I was eating it. But Emotionally
2: uh, or physically? A bit of both, I think. <laughs> yeah. a bit of both. Right. i
1: right, doing it. it. <laughs> the worst TV character ever created is?
2: Why are you both looking at me? <laughs> the worst TV
1: character ever created is?
2: Ooh, that's difficult. I don't know. I hate to think of anything in a negative light. Like that's, yeah, that's, that is hard. I guess. You know, I've been watching the reboot of Will and Grace recently. Mm-hmm. Is there a reboot? <laughs> yes, there is. It's actually, it's, it's not the same, but it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but um. I was just reminded of one of my least favorite characters, um, Molly Shannon, playing Val, the crazy friend oh, yeah. and neighbor that Jack had once. But Molly Shannon's an amazing actress. But, man, she was creepy. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. I can't think. Worst TV character. Who's yours?
0: Ross Geller from Friends.
2: <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really?
0: So I love Friends. It's one of my favorite shows. It's very well cast. The characters play off each other very, very well. I hate Ross Geller. Really? But David Schwimmer was perfectly... I, I read that yeah. the role of Ross was written with David Schwimmer in, in mind.
1: mind. I can see that. I uh, never seen Band of Brothers. I have not. It's like a really serious ten-part World War II depiction, and and
2: Russell is in it, and he's in
1: like a full army uniform. You're like, nah, this isn't working, Ross. You've got to go away. It's not. You can't yeah, take this serious no. role. Oh man, who can I? can think of? You don't oh, watch course. a lot of TV, though. I don't. I don't. Steve watches way more TV than I. I'm trying to think of my favorite TV series and thinking about the biggest douchebags. <laughs> I don't know if this relates, but reality TV, like The Bachelor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all those guys have got to be the worst people <laughs> Like, I watch that and I'm like, oh my word, who are these people? Where are they getting these people from? Right. Yeah. Um, they, I think it's not a TV character, but I guess it is. They're not real. It can be. I mean, it's real. partially scripted. Yeah. It's, so. yeah. <laughs> it's all there's, scripted. There's
0: no way that's like completely authentic or whatever, yeah. unscripted. We talked about Great British Bake Off last time. We did. I started watching... I forget what it's called, but it's like the family cook-off, where there are two families that cook against each other. So I
1: think this is a new show.
0: Okay. I, honestly,
1: I've not heard of this before. But okay. now I've heard from a couple of people about this mm-hmm. thing, and I'm... I'm... Is I that a Netflix show? Uh,
0: I'm watching it on Netflix, yes. But I started watching it, and it reminds me a lot of Great British Bake Off. Yeah, really. And I'm very much enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> One new thing I'd like to try is Ooh. so I took a calligraphy class back mm. in like August I think and I was not very good at calligraphy. Um, I could never like hold the pen the right way you're supposed to hold it so nothing turned out the way it was supposed to but I would like to try my hand at hand lettering because that's apparently there's an actual art to it and a technique.
1: I bet. That I couldn't do it.
0: I, I figure like If I wasn't good at calligraphy, maybe I can do this. So I know the Chattery has a bunch of hand lettering classes, so I'm going to give it a try. I can
2: see that. I want to go skydiving. Uh, I have heard that there's a lot of really great places to go skydiving in this part of the country, and I know that you can go like 20 minutes away from here out in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. and they've got one of the highest drops that you can do in this part of the country. I've been skydiving. It's awesome. I'd like to go again. I would love to do that. Maybe we can take a bartender trip. Yeah, that'd be
1: cool. (laughs) (laughs) That would be cool. I, uh, I'd like to do, I don't know, this is weird. I've seen, I've got, on Instagram, I follow all these, like, weirdly satisfying videos. I don't Mm -hmm. know, this is something I just unwind and I'll watch garbage on my phone. Mm -hmm. There's this glass-blowing guy, and it always looks awesome when he makes this thing, and he's got it in the kiln or whatever, and he's Mm -hmm. blowing the glass. I think that'd be cool.
2: There's a studio downtown. Is there? Yeah. Yeah. Ignis, it's over on
1: Broad Street. Mm -hmm. I know there's one in Asheville that I've I've been to and visited, but I've not seen the one downtown.
2: No way. So that's something you can do to, and achieve there that There you go? Mm-hmm. That you do? Chattanooga a yeah. surprising. All <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a couple blocks from here. It's yeah, not, it's not far at all. Not that far. Too far.
2: I remember, far. I know around Christmas time they do ornaments for mm-hmm. some kind of discounted that's price. Cool. So you can go and blow and decorate your own ornament. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, that's always real. I remember I did one for my parents a few years ago.
0: My parents have done glass blowing and really liked it. Yeah. They did like a paperweight and then a really pretty bowl.
2: Wait, how do you glass blow
0: a paperweight? Yeah, well, I'm just,
2: i don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> just seems like a lump of glass. That might
0: have that it might have just been like the the when they stick the thing in the glass, they have to like get a dollop on it so the other glass like sticks to it. Yeah. So it might have yeah. just been the like part that they chipped off that was holding everything else together. I know but what you're
1: talking about. From those videos I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the dollop at the end. I know yeah. what you're talking about.
0: So, maybe that's what it was. But she's got a couple glasses, a bowl, um, and then she had light canisters, glass Ooh, blown. That
2: sounds beautiful. For
0: the light fixture in the kitchen.
2: That's cool. Mm-hmm. I would definitely love to be able to say that one day. Yeah, these light fixtures. Yeah, I made them. <laughs> that
1: would be cool. Yeah.
2: That would be cool. Go for it. Uh okay. Go deep in here. Oh, man, I don't know how to answer that. you got to Um, read it for the people. What's your Enneagram?
0: Enneagram.
2: Enneagram? Yes. You'll have to explain that.
0: It's a personality test.
2: I don't think I've done that personality test. I've done a lot of personality tests, but I don't think I've done that one. What's the types?
0: So there are nine types. Oh, my Or So there are nine main types, and then each type has a wing. So, like, I'm a type two wing one so
1: i've got no idea about this (laughs) what is a type two wing one when it's so
0: each type has like a name so type two is the helper so you like i have done this okay so you're like constantly wanting to like help other people putting other people before yourselves like but the like unbalanced part of that is like you never take time to fill your own cup before you can like take care of someone else Mm. um but the wing types are when (laughs) you similar
1: to kins i reckon to help
0: but each like main type yeah. picks up qualities of the two types on either side of it. So you could either be a Type Two Wing One or a Type Two Wing Three. Yeah. Or a Type Three Wing Two, Type Three Wing Four, etc., etc.
2: Yeah, I've never, I've not done this test. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do it. We'll send an we'll email to you. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, cool. as far as Myers Briggs goes, Myers Briggs goes. I'm an ENTJ.
0: I'm INTJ.
2: Nice. So. I mean, I'm just, I'm very personable, mm-hmm. slightly judgmental, <laughs> intuitive, and, uh, what was the T? Uh, I thinking. think, I think a lot. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does think a lot. <laughs> yeah. Constantly
0: I, thinking of cocktails. Yeah. I can
2: see that. I mean, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not sure why I am. <laughs> I don't want to know either. Yeah, well, it kind of
2: sets what you perceive as once you know that about yourself. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember that test because we all did it on Thanksgiving. I said we all. Everyone else did it, and
2: I I didn't do it. I (laughs) backed away from it because, yeah. Have you ever done true colors? No. That's a fun one. It's it's very similar to Myers-Briggs but very simplified. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, there's four colors. uh, Gold, orange, green, and blue. Blue is like the emotional, the feeler. Um, green is a nice balance between rational judgment and thinking things through. Gold is very type A organized, and orange is very fly by the seat of your pants like, hmm. oh, let's do whatever. Um, orange, baby. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't have I can to tell see me. That. Yeah. Um, but I'm type gold with true colors. I, I want to try I like that to plan one. everything out. That's actually very fun. I've got the whole document series. That's mm-hmm. why you borrow it sometimes. We'll email awesome. each other these yes. back <laughs> and forth.
0: What um, Hogwarts houses are y'all? Uh,
2: Slytherin Puff. Yes, yeah, you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like Slytherin. I love when he says you could do great things. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: So, up until recently, every test I've ever taken has told me I'm Ravenclaw. And then <laughs> my friend had one that. It was a new test that his friend developed that was like a four point, I don't remember exactly how it was rated, but it was like the questions where you're either this or this, this or this, and right. then you, the way you tally up all the different results, it tells you what house you're in, and that gave me Hufflepuff, and I had like a little bit of an identity crisis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to be a uh, Gryffindor. That. I'm just not as courageous as those people.
0: Oh, I'm not either. <laughs> I'm really not. Alright, James, finish this off.
1: Blue. Is blue green?
0: I say blue.
1: Uh, one thing people get wrong about the South is... Oh,
0: I love this one. Are you
2: qualified to answer this
1: question? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have, I feel like I've been here quite... Yeah, what, nine months going on ten months now? I'm getting there. One thing people get wrong about the South is...
2: Not everyone's a redneck.
0: True.
1: <laughs> Not everyone's a
2: redneck, that's true. We don't all have thick southern accents either.
1: Yeah, Thanks, no, Hollywood. I have found I found that with the accents, though, because a lot, it's so strange because you don't really, for me, have an accent. And, and, and I'm born, born I, and raised himself. And then I come across some people that have got really thick mm-hmm. accents. Yeah, that is, a, that's something that's, I don't know, I need, to, my mum's been, my mum just came into town two days ago. She's here for two weeks. So I'm going to be interested to see what she thinks when she oh, leaves yeah. after two weeks. I've not been here before in the South. people get wrong about the South is, I didn't like mac and cheese before I came here. Now I'm quite Mm -hmm. fond of mac and cheese. I think I was doing it wrong, or someone was doing it wrong before I got here. I
2: feel like there are more things that are very stereotypically correct about the South than incorrect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: fried chicken. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Delicious. Yes. Uh, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. (laughs) Which I think you've experienced recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
2: had chicken and waffles the other day. Yeah, I
0: had that for brunch nice. in Nashville yesterday. It was not very good. Not very probably. good. Very disappointing.
1: See, I like, again, that. it was one of those things I enjoyed it. And then the, the emotional torment after I yeah. like I've just eaten fried stuff on a waffle, waffle. covered in syrup. I was yeah. like, it's delicious. But I probably shouldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: things be
0: one thing I love
1: about being in America is you being able to turn right on a red light. Yes. That's insane <laughs> to me, but I love it. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I can go. Because we have roundabouts everywhere, which are constantly, this traffic on
0: And no one in any part of this country knows how to drive a roundabout. Oh, no, no. They're terrible.
1: No, one of our friends just moved to New Zealand, and they have pretty much the same road system we have in England. And she did, like, a summary thing. She's like, roundabouts, the most terrifying things I've ever come across. Some of them can have three lanes feeding into a roundabout. She has no idea. So. Oh, bless her. I yeah, know. I don't think I could go back and do it now. Mm-mm. After a... This the four way crossing, whatever it's called, so easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if I could go back to multi lane roundabouts.
0: Yeah, no, no, thank you.
1: That
2: was the one thing that terrified me when I was in France a few years ago. Yeah, just terrified because they don't even have lane structure there. It's mm. just a road. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and you just go wherever you need to go. Like I don't think I don't think I could walk around Italy. <laughs> I've heard that that is probably one of the worst.
1: Yeah, well, Vietnam with the scooters is oh, nuts. God. Oh Nuts! So.
0: They have um, those electric, like public scooters in Nashville now.
1: They're coming here. I've heard. Oh no! I've heard. I think they're coming here, which I think would be a great idea. Honestly, what a nuisance! They're left everywhere. Oh come on, that's guys. the
0: thing. They're left everywhere.
1: <laughs> you two Scrooges! This is a small-sized city. We can save. We can save the Too environment a little bit. <laughs> yes. I think it'd be a wonderful thing. What it'd be nice to see more people walking, or at least in the
2: streets, rather than in cars. I think. That's, but that's again. But Chattanooga is a huge bike city, especially during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a lot less people driving and a lot more people biking around. Right. Oh, I'm not sure I'd feel safe my in my background. My parents
0: live outside of Charlotte in North Carolina. And Charlotte recently got the scooters, and it's just complaint after complaint after complaint. Because they just get left all over.
1: Yeah. Where do they get left, though? Anywhere and everywhere. Like, are people getting their drives blocked in and stuff? Is that, is
2: Have that you seen the South Park episode regarding <laughs> no, <I'm> No, I <laughs> right. watch that, and then maybe you'll reconsider your perspective on scooters. I'm, I'm, you know I
1: like cool new stuff. I'm all, all for it.
2: Yeah, but people we, are going
1: to complain regardless. So but the thing about Chattanooga
2: is we've got such a great infrastructure here. It's easy to walk from one side of town to the other, unless you're trying to go out to Hamilton Place, which you can't oh. scooter to anyway. But we've got an amazing electric... Oh, I feel the same way. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we've got an amazing electric shuttle system that runs through downtown that is free. And it runs till 11 o'clock at night um, from like 8 o'clock in the morning or something like that. It, and I, I used to walk all the way from basically Red Bank to Southside um, back when I didn't have a car for a few months in the heat of the summer. And it took three hours. And it was about four and a half miles. But it was it's a nice walk. It's up and down hills. It's plenty of exercise. Like, I just don't see a need for a scooter system here when you can walk from Southside to North Shore in 20 minutes. Truth.
1: Fair enough. i concede this point and then. <laughs> get, <till laughs> <gets one>. Fair <laughs> enough.
0: All right. I think we will wrap up there. This has been a fabulous follow-up episode. Yeah. I'm so glad you got to join us. Thank
2: you. It's, it's been fun to do this.
0: Awesome. Uh, do you all want to plug your social media handles one more time?
1: Yeah, at London Calling Bar on Instagram and then London Calling on Facebook. But yeah, new spring menu release March 12th, so please come see us. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to try all of them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, James and Mackenzie, for joining me. This has been another fabulous episode of the New Gabelle podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will catch you all on the next one.